4: man everybody get hold on to your cheeseburgers we're back with the percy jackson pod it's episode five i am so excited i am here uh, we've been, i've been traveling everyone's been traveling and everyone is now back where they're supposed to be uh, not on the road anymore we are back recording podcast i'm your host melissa talking episode five of percy jackson i'm here with my co-host adam Uh, Adam, you're also where you're supposed to be and not just like traveling down the side of a road anymore.
5: Gosh, I've got to tell you, it feels good. The number of rando bikers that have tried to pick me up as I was (laughs) traveling all across the world. um, No, it feels so it feels just so, so good to be back. People are buying us cheeseburgers. But I have to just say, did you uh, peep that plate of fries and how like thin and crispy and delicious those fries looked? Because Um, come on one time, like for those fries, are you kidding me? Those look so good. I love, okay. Here's my problem with a lot of fries. They're so thick, like thick. I, I am not actually trying to eat potatoes. Okay. That's like way too close to a vegetable for this type of situation. If I'm trying to eat fries, I'm trying to, I need like thin, crispy, basically just a vessel for whatever oil fry, whatever situation you have put on them and, and, and salt. That's all I really want in this life. I don't need the potato. Thin and crispy, and these fries delivered. I would go to this diner.
4: I'm a hundred percent here with you. I am a thin fry person because, I'm, mostly for me, they are vehicles for sauces and dips and other things. Not a big like potato person in general. Yeah, but we're not the only. Yeah, the person that I think I shocked most with, most with that sentence right now, Felipe, come in here and defend.
1: Call me Aries because I'm gonna go. To I don't even know. <laughs> I'm going to start beef on Twitter because of these potato takes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Potatoes are the most versatile vegetable. You can eat them in any form, and fries are delicious. Potatoes are listen, a vegetable, right? Listen, some or, of
4: us have spent the last two weeks in Ireland, and we just have feared oh, you sharing any, any mm. potato takes. I can't say this there. I'm saying it now that I'm back in the safety of my own home.
1: Okay. Yeah. But I feel like a thick fry can be appreciated, but generally I feel like a thin fry is where it's at, unless it's too crunchy. Like I don't love a good. I I need like a little bit like crunchy on the outside, soft in the middle.
4: Okay, like a good McDonald's
1: fry. But like that is is the
4: best fries. McDonald's
1: is the best. No, what?
4: What are we? What are we talking about? What is better? What is better? I mean, first
5: and foremost, like any version of curly fry. uh, I was gonna say you have to say a type
4: of fry that I've actually have access to. Okay, well (laughs) I can't control. You have access. Curly fries do
5: slap. Curly fries are especially if they're like coily. And like, mm, like a big one that like goes oh like yeah. a flinky like a big old curly fry and then to be honest with you i really like the smaller like thin crispy i don't know i don't know like shoestring fries. is that what they're called like the sure. oh those yeah, are good yeah. i don't like, 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 those, those like steak and shake for example i don't i don't know what your equivalent of steak is. probably nothing we don't even really have steak and shakes here steak and shake fries right now um yes. I, th- I don't know smaller, if that's just like a think... midwestern thing like it's like a, a thin and crispy diner fry is sort of like the idea here yeah.
4: I will say this plate, though they were very tall. There was a lot of them. Yeah. I that they looked particular. I was a little worried about like the oil content here. They seemed like maybe a bit soggy.
1: Was well, it Apparently, I did not worried. pay enough attention to this plate of fries. But no. as long as they're yeah, not like... oilier than a dish at the Cheesecake Factory, I feel like I'm there because that that those fries are very oily, and I yeah. I like some oil, but not too much oil. Is this where I admit that I've never been? To? Adam,
5: um, I don't, I've just never. It's fine dining situation. for the,
1: the poor people like me. I've,
5: I've I, I honestly, I've never had enough money to like justify going to the cheesecake because I view it as like a oh my God, this is like the cheesecake factory. Whoa, like $30 slices of cheesecake. Like, what, what are we doing here? That's crazy. I could go get a whole cheesecake. I don't think for it's $30. $20. I think it's
1: like $12 I
4: don't know.
5: at most. That's a lot for one I place. I think I tried to cake.
4: go to the cheesecake factory once and the wait was too long and I've never mm, been. Do be like I don't that sometimes. I don't know if we have them like I don't mm. there's no cheesecake factory in v- Vancouver at least. So I think I tried to go in San Diego once and we ended up going somewhere else. So yeah, I've never been. But yeah, I always assume that like is a cheesecake factory on par with like an olive garden? Is that like the level that we're talking I think cheesecake factory is here? better
5: whoa first of all and i love uh, olive garden what is this olive garden slander happening right here olive garden was the the rich thing to do for the for the poor people because you know i'll tell you right now that's why i said it that's my example your family family. your family Um, when you're there okay
1: That, that i know deep in my soul i feel that i had been to olive garden probably one time before moving out to la there just weren't a ton where i grew up in the boston area um So Cheesecake Factory is much more common there, Uh, but I live 10 minutes away from an olive garden and I've been there a lot of times, especially during never ending possible season. Like I'm upset that it's a limited time thing. Yeah,
4: I need so many breadsticks. If I we did that in college,
5: we tried the never-ending pasta thing. I mean, they get you. They bring out the smaller bowl the second time, and they keep decreasing the size. And then by like the third or fourth bowl, you feel like you're like a wanted criminal because you keep asking for more. (laughs) They're like, "Wait a minute, you really you you're you're here for more?" Oh no no. You want more,
1: and then you just I have to. go. Push I will take six or seven if I can fit it. If I can't, then it's it's done deal.
5: But and I, yeah, pasta fills you up quickly, which is the you know that's the other part. And They get you with the breadsticks, and then how do you not get the chicken yoki soup when you're all you know? It's like a whole, it's a whole thing. But that, they legally um,
1: are not allowed to stop serving you cheese until you say stop. I did ask them that, or I don't know if legally, legally. Me, but <laughs> yeah, I mean there is a finite amount of cheese that they
5: have in the grater slash in the in the uh, restaurant, but. Um, also, I did just go back. I'm I have like the, the show pulled up on the other screen here. I did go back and look at the fries, these look very like thin, crispy. I'm not worried about Give the me oil the
4: saturation. Yeah, okay. can we, yeah, can we?
5: Yeah, post yeah, I'll send that, chat. and then of course, I will also um post this in the discord. Oh, no, it's not gonna let me because it's because it's oh, uh...
1: Disney Plus is kind of okay. I'll figure it, it out. I
5: will, will figure, I'll figure out how to do it at yeah. some point. Speaking of I'm not which because we are Disney+ here. Plus. Plus, I'm ju- I just want a screenshot of a plate of fries, okay? I know, no I know, I know, I know,
4: I for- know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of which, we are here to talk about Percy Jackson, not just, you know, fries and Olive Garden and Cheesecake Factory.
1: Adam, can you do the Felicia Cannon, Mama Felicia screenshot where you take a photo of the computer yeah. screen? Oh, and- I've done that a number of times, actually. Yeah, it's kind especially,
5: yeah. cause- actually, this is a really good one, too. Okay, I'm going to do that. And then uh, you you guys keep going. F- Flip, what's your history with uh, Percy Jackson in this show? <laughs> no.
1: What are your, uh, What are your thoughts so far? Percy Jackson was my Harry Potter. Like I remember they did this like book challenge in fifth grade and all these kids were like hyping up the lightning thief. And of course I hadn't read it, but I was down bad for a book called like twist or twister or something. I was like hyping this up and then we all did a secret ballot. And then of course everyone was like, Oh, you wrote this, (laughs) but everyone Lightning thief won. And then the next year I read it. I was always like fascinated by Greek gods, especially like around middle school. We read like the kids version of the odyssey in sixth grade English class. Uh, We had like a create your own God story uh, assignment. I remember that like I got praise on, which was like something uncommon for me in middle school because like public praise, like you picked to like read a thing. Uh, But I blew through these. This was around the time that my parents were renovating our house. So I remember reading these books in like Home Depot and Ikea and the mall, literally the softest of soft like location settings spoilers for a future book. They have a set piece in a mall. And I remember reading that at the mall one time. So uh, these books were my childhood. They were my Harry Potter. I read Harry Potter, but this was like my thing, especially at the time I'm diagnosed ADHD. Uh, I was on swim team. So I was like, I'm Percy Jackson. What if my dad is Poseidon? Like I love these books so much. And I, I like will defend the movies. They are are of its time, but like they were what we had and we were happy with it because we were Percy Jackson girlies through and through. And so when they were announcing the show, I was like, inject this into me right now. I need it. Um, And I've been loving it so far. And um, I can't wait to discuss this fantastic episode with you too.
5: You know what, Felipe, one of the pretty consistent things that I've found of um, the movies and people's thoughts on the movies is that like our age range and maybe a year or two older than us and younger love the movies for like the vibes and the times and it's been it's been uh, no offense to the oldies out there but i'm just saying i could divide this straight down the line and give you one group of people who were like okay it might not be the greatest movie ever but i enjoyed it and liked it and it's like fun and nostalgic then the other group's like man this movie was trash (laughs) and like i don't know everyone i could divide that pretty cleanly adam
1: you're a 97 baby also right i am a 97 baby it's just the best year. Right? It's
5: it is. I, a lot of amazing things happen that year birth-wise. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's what I know. Um, and, uh, well, uh, you know, there's birth-wise? Only, so many, only so many ways to frame to that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so Felipe, your thoughts on the first four episodes, what we've seen thus far. How do we, have you been feeling the show has been doing, um, even specifically related to the adaptations of the book, like some yeah. of the changes that you've liked, didn't like, stuff like that? So I'm not
1: going to lie. The first two episodes I was a little like, okay, I'm gonna keep watching cause I'm loyal, but like, not like I, I was gonna turn it off. Like I was gonna keep watching regardless, but I was like, this is a pretty like, I felt they were very faithful to the books. There was like small, mild adaptations, but it was a lot of table setting, right? Cause you're trying to hook a new audience. And I was like, uh, I think there was like one small adaptation that I caught, maybe a few like minor stuff, but um, it was very like, what's the info dumping? Like, Mm -hmm, uh, But the third episode, fourth episode, I was like, oh, they're really, like, taking swings and ways that I really like and, like, having dialogues about topics that are a little bit more adult than I assumed that this version of the show was going to be, like, about parents and their role in, like, especially, um, I'm kind of, like, having a reckoning of my own, like, trying to, like, compartmentalize the fact that, like, parents are humans um in my life at least uh not in percy's necessarily because one of his parents is a god but um uh that like your parents are just flawed humans as well so it's like kind of like interesting to see like the show kind of tackle that topic um in a kid's program basically uh but i really like the swings that they made i love how diverse this is i love the fact that they like kind of like insinuated that like athena and medusa had a thing i was like we love to see right thank you
4: yes i want that
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm here for it.
5: It definitely exists out there somewhere.
1: All these Greek gods are 100% queer. Like, do not at me with this. I feel very strongly about this. They're just very horny. Um, Are people adding you about this? Are people adding you about the queerness and horniness of the Greek gods? No, but um, I will save a story of a college class that I took, because that professor was unhinged. I'll save it to the end. It's like a quarter bloom. It's not full bloom. But Mm -hmm. like... This is a kids show. There might be kids listening. We'll save it for the end.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, well, also no let us let us topic. know if your
1: kids are listening, because I would actually like to know that for just preventative okay. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I assume, like, of all the post-show recast podcasts, they might be like Percy Jackson. I can watch this with my five-year-old. Maybe we'll I think- listen to a podcast in the car.
4: Yeah, parents who have made the choice to be like, oh, a podcast hosted by Adam and Melissa. That's yeah. the one that we should play for yeah. our young children, have not been paying attention. Valid. <laughs> so I don't Valid. know. Valid. I, I am did concerned.
1: tell you in the pre-show, I just got back from vacation as well. So like I have a nice little list of Percy Jackson pods to catch up on. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah I've been <laughs> loving the show. I live liking the swings. I think it's gorgeous. Like some of the like shots mm-hmm. are like mm-hmm. beautiful. The cast uh, is kind of like Oh, this is what you get for not listening. It's
4: filmed in Vancouver. Oh my uh,
1: goodness! They that's also used the really so cool creepy. Mandalorian tech. I did read that. So like, um, the like I soundstage said. So like, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm vibing with it. It's only gotten better and better. This is the best episode by far, in my opinion. Oh, by oh, far in your opinion?
5: Okay, that's really interesting. I don't, I certainly did not uh, dislike this episode by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think this I don't think this comes close to four though, to be honest with you. I don't four know, Lisa. Great. Are you are you like way are you are you with Felipe on this?
4: No, I don't think this is my my favorite so far. There were just like it was just a bit slower at points that I like wasn't quite sure um what was going on. So yeah, I think four was better. I think that um two i'm still such a big fan of because it was like just the setting of it all and everything i agree that there was like so much lore dropping as you were saying but it's like it was just so pretty and so cool i love seeing all the cabins um getting to know kind of that world so that's probably my personal favorite despite the fact that i don't think it's the Mm -hmm. best episode
1: i think four is probably the cleanest episode like overall possibly Mm -hmm. the best i think this i think but also like we got our first seaweed brain like that got me hype so like that that itself might have been like enough to be like this is like next level a1 plus like i don't know maybe i i, I i've only seen this episode once i was hoping to rewatch it after work but i told you privately my car decided not to start this morning so i had to like figure <laughs> out different things but uh yeah no i i love this episode and i i just am really i feel like maybe it's also my hype for the show is like gaining because i'm like oh they're taking swings this is like interesting like with an adaptation you never know if it's going to be like a straightforward like you've read the book you really don't need to see the show but this one they're like actually swinging for the fences i think and i like seeing the show take risks and modernizing the story for the new era
4: Yeah, this is the thing that I've been so interested in, in covering this show, is, first of all, the very positive response that it is getting, which is so much fun and so lovely when you're covering a show and you agree to cover a show that you don't know how good it's going to be. And I, you know, people who've listened to me on other podcasts know when sometimes I don't like the shows I cover, and that is fine. Um, But. Yeah, so that has just been so lovely, but it makes me really happy that people who love this series also really love this show, and that seems to be such a consistent idea. And it's not that there aren't nits to pick, and you know, certainly some of the feedback that we've gotten has like every, every now and then like pointed out something that doesn't land as well. But for the vast, vast majority of of people and and parts of this show, they seem to be going really well, and it's something that I've covered in other shows that I've talked about, talking about His Dark Materials, um, Shadow and Bone, like I've done other um similar kind of fantasy kids book adaptations, and it doesn't always land so well with the people who love the source material, or it doesn't translate as well for new viewers. It's a bit, you know, I think that like, I think Shadow and Bone was like a really good example of that. Not you know, not a lot of people watch that show and listen to it and know what it was talking about, it, but it's my it's one of my absolute favorite series. But I had to go in there and explain to people what was going on. I don't think it adapted the world super well. I think that there was a lot of stuff that they tried to translate to TV, but that it's just there was so much that they were trying to tell the viewers. And so it yeah. got really bogged down in the world that they were trying to convey. And it just, for me, illustrated how hard adaptation is to do it well for people that both love the series and are new to the series. And so I'm just very impressed and interested in like having that conversation as we continue to podcast about why it's being done so well. What is it about Percy Jackson that is really nailing it and what lesson can we take away and hopefully you know other shows might be able to learn from that from doing an adaptation well i don't know did Felipe do you have thoughts about like why it's translating so well
1: forgive me for my ignorance but did the creatives behind the original series have involvement with his dark materials in shadow and bone or no
4: um for shadow and bone they did lee bardugo was involved and um i don't remember for his dark materials but i also think philip that series is a lot older so i don't remember yeah. i don't i'm not even positive that philip pullman is still alive i think so i assume he is yeah. I, I think i can um, check
1: well, but, I yeah. think rick i don't even know how to say this. is it Riordan or Rewarden? i, didn't, I, I yeah. didn't know either and yeah. i've been i've been a girly of his since like early on but um i feel like the fact that he and his wife are both executive producers and have like creative control over this um and some personal like attachment Helps, obviously, it's not the end all be all. I actually appreciate the fact that not every episode is written by him, that we have like he's not in charge of the teleplays. Because if uh, this was my theory, it could be out my butt. But the first episode, I feel like I struggled with the dialogue, it felt not like TV dialogue, Mm -hmm. it felt um, uh, and like I don't know, that was like one of the parts that I remember feeling was weaker in the first episode. Um, but they like really improved like the dialogue, and I feel like having some like creatives involved that isn't just his vision. It's like, oh, let's make this a communal show. Let's all make this the best it can be for what the story we're trying to tell is now. Um I think that is definitely an involvement. I also think the pacing, I saw someone post in the Discord, I want to attribute it to Mike Edwards, but it might not be him. Uh but uh the that it's eight episodes only. I feel like the pacing of the show mm-hmm. is very strong. Like sometimes I worry about these six episode, eight episode seasons, but I feel like that's actually a great number of episodes for this show um, for the se- future seasons. Also, I feel like could be eight episodes um, and keep pace at this. Um, the cast is great. Uh, the, they have chemistry clearly with each other. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't pinpoint why I think some of it does have to go to the fact that like the people who are in charge of the source material and are willing to adapt it and take risks. I do think that has to be somewhat part of it. And also I think the fans might be a little desperate because like Adam said, a lot of the people did not like the movie. So maybe they're just desperate for like something from this and that it also is easier to like go with wherever they're taking us. Cause uh, like, I think maybe we're a little more receptive to these chances being taken as opposed to um, the movie, which was kind of a straightforward adaptation, even though Adam and I do love the movies
5: yeah straightforward adaptation like the emphasis on adaptation uh, in terms of a lot of the changes made there Um, I also think that it's like an interesting conversation potentially have of uh, what types of book readers are more precious about the source material than others we've talked quite a bit about you know wheel of time but how many different you know examples are there of like people are so close to the book and they have this image in their mind of what they've created so clearly and so vividly because there's more to create from a lot of those things as we've been going through and and reading um reading this book again it's not that there's not more details there that are left out for the show but there's not the same amount of difference of 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 quantity that the book is certainly more of a this happened then this happened then this happened then he said this then she said this and then this happened like yeah there's not the level of i mean admittedly i've only read two books of the wheel of time series but my God, uh, we have some verbosity occurring <laughs> in those this parts. Is also like That's not the thing here in, in yeah. Percy Jackson. And I think that it makes it easier to kind of make these changes without without feeling like you are tearing up the entire source material and going somewhere else, which ultimately it lends itself
1: much better to an adaptation. It's also the thing where like, at least when I first watched The Golden Compass, which I know is like a whole other can of worms, but like, I feel yeah. like when I was a kid, a lot of that stuff went over my head like what I was watching, I was kind of lost a little bit. It was like denser, like Adam saving, like the mm-hmm. verbosity in the Wheel of Time versus Percy Jackson. I feel like the source material is very like light and floofy um, versus like some of these other to- uh, shows, uh, I feel like are heavier, like at mm-hmm. least in terms of like scope and what stories they're trying to tell. So it's like, we're kind of just like here for like a fun bowl of fries. We're not here for like the the like three course meal that is like oh this whole story we're just here for like a good time a short like 30 minute episode like i I saw someone complaining on twitter that like the last episode was like 28 minutes uh, if you take away like the seven minutes of disney plus commercials Mm -hmm. and i'm like but if it's shorter that's not necessarily mean the longer version would have been better like sometimes we like a compact story if it serves its purpose like i think someone should have the cones to tell christopher nolan how to use an edit button um for some of his movies Martin Scorsese too and I just sometimes shorter can be better and I feel like where our expectations are just like we want to have fun with this it's a fun adventure story with like cool casting choices like fun like Greek gods visuals that are really cool banger needle drops like we're here for, <laughs> we're, here for we're here for fun yeah, yeah, not for
5: me, nothing Go ahead. How many how many times have we said on a podcast? no? Eh, we could have cut that. Could have cut that. Didn't need to see that. Could have yeah. you know how many freaking times? Even just in the Doctor Who universe alone, the number of times we were like, yeah, we, just, we this could have been a one parter. We, we yeah. don't need this to be that. So like the number. I mean, it's all the time.
4: Yeah, but I think you're right. I think that this story is being really well suited to the number of episodes that it's been given, versus, um, you know, the, like com- compare eight episodes for this first lightning thief book versus eight episodes for the golden compass Mm -hmm. and like how big those books are and how much they were trying to pack in. I I do think that there's, I, I think you're right. I think there's so many things at play of like having people involved that really love the source material, but aren't too precious about it and aren't afraid to make changes. Having, kind of a studio that is supportive of that, that isn't, again, like trying to come in with any particular agenda, uh, the right amount of time being given to do it, the kind of willingness to use the medium to its advantage in terms of showing us things beyond what you can get from the book and kind of really playing into some of the visual spectacle of it all. So yeah, I think that there are like many, many things going on, which is why we kind of keep having this conversation. But it's just really interesting to me that, um, yeah, that I, I think for me, kind of the meta conversation about percy jackson beyond just the show itself for me is adaptation done really well and what does that mean and what can we kind of take away from that i think it's just really cool
1: can i add one more theory also like yeah i don't again i am so excited to listen to the podcast as soon as we hang up because i was like oh my god i can't and then playing, i fell asleep so um but (laughs) uh they um have y'all talked about like the backstory of why these story these books came out. Okay. Yeah. It was like for his kid uh, who was struggling with ADHD and dyslexia. Um, So like at the end of the day, like this is a kid's show. And I feel like that like has like, or they're at least trying to sell it to kids as well. It's not just for the nerds like me who are 26 and like my childhood. Um, They're also like trying to invest a new audience into these stories and maybe get them to read these stories. So I feel like they're like focused on it being also kid friendly, might benefit it in a way they probably weren't like necessarily focused on doing when they first conceived of this project. I think the fact that like, oh, we don't have to like, we can be a little goofy and like, we can have these weird jokes, like uh, Percy talking about how Thalia is a pine cone. Um, Like that's like a joke a kid would laugh at. We can be a little lighter and we don't have to be serious all the time.
4: I mean, the pine cone line made me laugh a lot. So it's not just kids. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh no. But I also have
1: the, I have, I have, uh, I'm a goober at heart. Like, I think Elmo's hilarious. So, um. yeah.
4: So, let's get in. Let's sure. actually talk about this episode. Adam, let's uh, take it away and let's dive in. We should,
5: yeah, we should. We've only, we've only been here 25 minutes. So okay. Hey, listen, episode. we needed 10 minutes to talk about the fries. <laughs> episode yeah. honestly, yeah, I would never cut that. Unlike a lot of the other stuff from a lot of these episodes we talk about. Anyway, episode five: A God buys us cheeseburgers. So we pick back up right where we left off. Percy was underwater in that mighty Mississippi. Authorities have sort of gathered all around. We see the fates. With their blue yarn, we'll talk about the fates in just a second. We got their blue yarn, they're cutting, they're looking straight at Grover and Annabeth. Notably, not Percy. And we see the snip snip. And we see those two go looking for Percy. They find him dripping wet over on the dock, which uh very notable from my memory of this. I will also preface a lot of this uh, conversation. I have not reread these chapters of the books as of like this like week right now. We will, of course, buy the book club, but usually I'll you know pepper in some stuff of my recollection there. Anyway, he was dripping wet at the docks, whatever. Uh Percy begins to sort of apologize to those two, and Annabeth runs up, gives him the biggest, most intimate hug I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then Percy's immediately like, Um, we have to go to Santa Monica right away. We have to go to Santa Monica to meet Poseidon. Hey, visit
1: me. No, He
5: is gonna <laughs> he's gonna help us uh with what's going on. Grover's like, Well, okay, but the cops are after us so that's like gonna be hard because they think that we blew up the arch and then percy in his infinite wisdom is like so wait a minute if they're after us that's gonna make it really hard to buy a train ticket or a bus ticket and i like yeah percy yeah that that it is gonna be a, a little harder and he's like this quest is gonna be a little harder than we thought we don't really know who stole the bolt or or why we don't even know how deep this goes and the other two were like yeah no doubt percy we like we've been new about this okay this is nothing this is not new information the new information annabeth then presents and tells percy hey uh we saw the fates and they snipped and it's probably not good so we, we do get the fates we get the fates here which is so exciting melissa we had talked about
4: this of course on the book club podcast the fates are actually here I love these knitting queens. I love them so much. <laughs> I uh I first of all, uh for anyone watching the video, I made this neck uh cowl. Oh. I so, you know, uh big knitting fan. Anyone that's played D&D with me knows I like to knit. Uh and yeah, I love the whole visual of them. These like three old ladies um who are just like knitting and also like no like seeing the patterns of time i don't know there's just so much um like symbolism here and also i would just i want to have tea with these women and like (laughs) pick their brains and talk to them both like the real actors that are playing these women and the fates like i just think they're so cool
1: um i was very hyped to see them because i don't know if you all are watching the trailers that they put at the like the post-credit scene trailers for this week i watched it last week i was like wait so they are gonna have the fates because i remember watching episode two i was like where where are they at because i recently reread the books um i think uh mid 2022 and then i tried to reread them again before the series but yeah boy's not the best reader apologies um but uh i got very excited to see these three ladies um not my favorite iteration of the fates of all time that has to be the hercules animated movie uh yeah like th- those are iconic queens, like mothers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I got I got jazz as well. Also, I had a quick question for Adam. Uh, you Please. might have addressed this on the last podcast, but did you go to the St. Louis Arch before? I mean, well, after?
5: yeah. So I mean, both. I've been I've been multiple times. Oh well, yeah. To, well, the
1: the photos stuff. that did you go looking for Percy? uh before or after we went
5: uh one more, it was like after the episode podcast but before book club i think those were yeah photos <laughs> something like that yeah we went we went on the first snow in st louis here and it was it was very very pretty it was, and did the you first, find percy no no we didn't look in the river though it was kind of gross uh, it did yeah, calls, because as we address percy is Actually,
4: in at the New Westminster key uh, because I know exactly where this whole first scene took yeah, place because you can see the, the Patello Bridge in the background. It was as as but, Zoe's
1: Extraordinary play- Playlist,
4: yeah, because it's filmed <laughs> in the exact same place, yes.
1: Boy, you just really <laughs>
5: set it right up for it, didn't you? Uh, anyway, they start walking because they got to go to Santa Monica, and at this point. It's it's still like I guess a little unclear exactly how far they've gotten, but they're, they're basically still in St. Louis in, in terms of what the show is presenting us. Whatever. Uh, the bike. Uh, we we see kind of a biker drive up and and stop there, where this man kind of gets off and asks, "Hey, uh, you guys need some help?" And they're like, "No." They're like hiding behind the the wall on the outside of the road there, the the concrete piece, and the man is like, "Well." you might need some help because you are way behind schedule and i did love this moment where they kind of like all pop up and be like oh, okay like <laughs> this is not just a rando with a bike here um and and he goes on to kind of explain here i would love to see a good war pop up but uh as your cousin i just want to give you a hand and anna bethany is like boom that's aries uh this is this is aries uh you know this this is what's going on here and aries is immediately like
1: you must be athena's kid um, My last continuity so, question, as we please, find out yeah. later in the episode, haven't Annabeth and Grover seen this man multiple times? Like, that's the one thing. See, this is the problem with podcasting about a show, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. It's not like I'm nitpicking. I'm like, hmm. But, like, I didn't think about this until Adam was literally talking about it. I was like, they probably would recognize his voice. They probably recognize him. They, he probably. I was like, no, I, I, I y'all have a tough job.
5: Yeah, I mean the way that I choose to like believe and understand this is that the gods can take whatever form they want, and I don't know why it would be the same form every time. So like, like theoretically, I don't really have a problem with them, you know, being someone literally different and different sounding, looking, whatever every single time they come to Earth. Like that would be totally fine with me. Do You think they, they should ever said for this season? I, they could. I like. I legitimately, I think they could. Well, the gods. Specific, I don't think. Yeah, the gods like. But like Hermes, the guy, the, of, Mr. D yeah. Being like if different... if Lynn is not available next year, like I, you know, I I think we could we I mean, Octavia Spencer would...
1: as Hermes. I'm here for it. I don't that
5: know. would be a dramatic change from first actor I thought of. <laughs> um, my qualm with this is whenever anyone, whenever well, Annabeth specifically, whenever Annabeth does anything even remotely intelligent, and I would even argue that this is like the bottom the bottom end of what we would describe as like intuition or intelligence. It's me like, Oh, Athena's kid must be absolutely has to be Athena's kid as though no one else in the world possesses the ability to put literally two and two together to get four. Like no one else could have possibly done that. Anyone's like, Oh, here's this completely only logical solution to this not even a problem that i'm trying to solve athena's kid has to be no other way it could be anyone else like is everyone else just idiots in this world like uh, are uh, you know uh, let's just i i hate this every time that it happens and it's all throughout the books like every single time uh Annabeth does anything he's like oh you're athena's kid you have to be because you did this little slightly problem solving thing you have to be athena's kid drives me nuts i don't know just a just a little personal qualm. Of ice. It's just it's all over the place,
1: and it drives me crazy. It's like the rest of the world is morons. You have to be Athena's kids. Like also, kind of like discrediting other gods. Like I'm pretty sure, like Hephaestus has to be very smart to but build they all do these it machines for
5: things that are not even like. Oh my god! I can't believe you used your wild intellect to solve this thing. They they say it for things that's like oh uh well congratulations you figured out that i'm aries even though we've met and i literally said i'm your cousin like wh- yeah. what yeah what's like <laughs> this is does not take a rocket sign whatever anyway yeah. he says he's um, hungry go ahead please please go ahead
4: yeah so before we move on too much i did want to uh circle back sorry i did not call you out on it immediately um You called Annabeth hugging Percy the most like intimate hug you've ever seen. Sorry, I have to like circle back to this because in my notes, in all cap letters, I just wrote hug your friends. Um, so I'm somewhat concerned that you thought that this hug was like over the top. Um, I don't
5: know about over the top, but like compared to what we had seen previously with these two, this was a very intimate and personal hug.
4: No, I I keep using the word intimate about this hug
5: what okay well but where would you like me to use what how would you describe friendly? this, this friendly. is a friendly hug missla yeah. we are friends we have never hugged like this what do you, i mean what do you mean i mean we've hugged Adam, but not not like this there was
4: lingering there was like i mean there this was more she than thought he died he fell from the arch he just saved her life uh you know if you the next time you save my life and fight off a kimura for me then yeah we'll i'll hug you the same way first of all
5: you would be so mad at me if i deprived you of the opportunity to be the badass in this situation
4: (laughs) Uh, i like that we've played enough D that you know that uh yeah
5: there's like the first problem also Uh, a
4: kitty Yeah,
5: okay like, not even like to fight it out but you just would want to see it. Like if I didn't even let you see it, you'd be like, Adam, how could you? You idiot. And then we would hug and we'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um It was a very like personal intimate hug. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. I don't know, like there's no way that this was not like an intimate hug maybe there are better words but i don't think that i would i would describe it as intimate before i would describe it as friendly i'm not saying it wasn't friendly i i one of the things that i do like in this episode is there's absolutely no implication of like romantic anything in here there you're,
4: wasn't until you kept using hugged. the word intimate over and I over
5: don't, again. i don't think that intimate has to be like completely romantic i like i i think that like two people can just have like an intimate moment without it being like a romantic you know
1: Whatever. Sure. I will say it was probably, like, the first sign of, like, love in whatever aspect you want to put that. Like, friendship, mm-hmm. love. Like, she's like, oh, my God, my friend is safe. Because, like, yeah. Homeboy literally fell out of the arch. Yeah. Maybe, she- uh, okay, I think that, like, a combination of things.
5: I think, like, maybe some of us really? need to stop uh, putting everything in the bucket of intimate equals romanticism. And then also maybe... I need to get closer friends. Is is sort of the. I'm gonna look it, at a
1: thesaurus <laughs> and see what.
5: Yeah, is. I
4: also just googled the word intimate, and it's fine. Like it, you know, circle close circle of very close familiar friends. Uh, but then the, the example is mm. like intimate details of his sexual encounters. Okay. So I also found
0: a uh,
1: similar words bosom. What? what?
5: Okay. Uh, All right. This is a kid show. Uh, let's go exactly, to the diner. Okay.
0: Why,
1: why, why are
4: what
5: Google So bo-
4: bosom friend is what the thing bosom is. Not, not bosom as in like boobs, but like bosom friend is in like very close friend. Um oh. but yeah. See, I need also, to read more
1: dictionaries, I guess. <laughs>
4: <laughs> anyway, I think I think it works. Uh but yeah, it was just very funny to me that you uh chose that verbiage specifically. We can move on.
5: As a very intimate. Huh? Adam um, likes to be intimate with those nachos. The fries, not nachos, rather. fries. Yeah, the fries. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually not a big nacho guy, to be honest with you. It just feels like unnecessarily messy, and then I don't like like 70 of the toppings that most people put on nachos. Like people right. just like spurt on sour cream on everything, and I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, you're
4: not a sour cream. Sour cream, cream is guy.
5: delicious. No, I can't do sour cream. It's gross. What pa- yeah. uh, Like sour? Why am I? Uh, what's, what's the
4: sour? tart? I mean, no,
5: it's tart name. It I don't want tart. I don't want tart cream. Okay, I- I'm not interested in your tart cream. You keep your tart cream.
4: Are you not a Greek yogurt guy?
5: No, I can't do Greek yogurt. Sarah's been oh. eating Greek yogurt all over the place recently. You're not a pho yo? Cuz it's good. I it's good. I love regular yogurt. I lo- like whatever whatever I don't even know if there's You're another sweet. name for yogurt or whatever Greek and then she has like this banana nut granola that's so delicious. But the Greek yogurt makes me want to like puke. It's so disgusting. <laughs> she like let me try, it. I like, like I was like, no, no. I don't really like Greek food, to be honest with you. Too is the other kind of part of this. Is the I'm also not the, big
4: on Greek food. I do feel like, bad the about seasoned
5: that. Seasoned meats are good, but I like. I don't need yogurt in more things. Like I, no point in my life am I like, man, I could really use some more yogurt. Like, you know, what
4: about the yogurt?
5: um but i could do nachos if it's just like the chips the cheese meat i would love to like put some lettuce on top there's some seasonings and then
4: and the best nachos and are
5: you.
1: microwave nachos let's just be clear with the <laughs> shredded cheese on top that you put in the like the some people call them bachelor nachos yeah yeah. yeah
4: yeah yeah, oh yeah i, I remember those days I, I made myself a microwave quesadilla earlier today and it was just I two tortillas no, with shredded no. cheese in the middle <laughs>
5: I used to rip my college roommate so bad because he would do that in, like, the middle of the night at 1 a.m. or whatever. And he would just, like, he'd bring back the, the paper plate, of course, uh, of the t- – <laughs> he would fold over the tortilla and be like, Hayden, what is that? <laughs> Hayden has <laughs> so, taste. It's yeah, so... First
4: of all, again, I've been traveling. There's very little food in my apartment right now. The thing ah, I did damn. have was a bag of tortillas and yeah. the remnants of some shredded cheese. So – what do you want
1: me to I, do, Adam? I think Melissa slapped. I think that's what we call a Dr. Melly dubs. You had you had remnants of shredded cheese from
4: all I mean... the way
5: back then? And you were like, time to use this in the microwave? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I made enchiladas today, so I, I actually feel pretty good about myself, yeah. <laughs> I want an enchilada. Um, they're, they're really good. They're like one of those like, okay. Um, Never mind. We're not going to go into things. We're so game, far off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to the diner. He's hungry. Whatever. Mimi me at the diner. Great. We get to the diner. The kids walking. He finds Aries at a booth, and he has a ton of cheeseburgers and, and just a brilliant plate of fries. We talked about this. Whatever. He's got a ton. Looking of
1: cheeseburgers. at the cheeseburgers, they kind of slap too. If, they it depends look on the sauce good. quality,
5: but they look good, good if you have good sauce. This is the thing, Felipe. I can't do sauce on my burgers. I can't. I'm not a sauce guy. I, you we were know just
4: saying Fries are a vehicle for sauces. I no.
5: To be very clear, I did not say fries you are a vehicle fries for raw. Sauce. I, I, raw dog fries. Fries. <laughs> I do. I said fries are a vehicle for the oil in which they are fried and salt. That is the vehicle. Oh. Like a McDonald's
1: fries. fry does not need sauce, but like sure. most fries need a sauce. Yeah. Those like fries that
5: need a sauce. I'm not interested in them.
4: Like I will just not eat fries, fries if I don't have <laughs> like at least ketchup available oh
5: i you know what okay i have a very specific thing with ketchup because my my little brother growing up um ate ketchup like his life depended on it he, he was like one of, oh yeah he would be one of those people that like had the squirt bottle he was, he was in a homemade heinz commercial with like the other person, the other, like, little girl, because his bright red hair, that was, like, the real situation. He was, like, in the Heinz commercial of, like, the other girl was, like, I'm going to put ketchup on, like, my apples. And they kept going back and forth who'd take those things. And then my brother Eric was, like, oh, forget this. And he unscrewed the lid and just ate ketchup right from the bottom. So I have, like, a. Pr- I also woke up one morning to find him just eating a bowl of ketchup. In the ketchup yeah! in the bowl. And so I, it's just not good. I can't. I just, it's really a problem
1: oh my uh, god we're my so will, far away <laughs> my buddy will who does the phineas and Fred podcast with me he's told the story a number of times so i'll just do it quickly when he was four he wanted a peanut butter banana sandwich he made a mm. peanut butter ketchup no sorry ketchup banana sandwich and now he can't eat bananas anymore he literally will gag so
4: i got picked up from like sleepover like camps and stuff multiple times with like Mustard stains. That was always my go-to. Is my mom would be like, Why are you always just covered in like mustard stains? Uh and it was I, I have I have been known to like eat some raw mustard. Uh,
5: um just like yellow mustard, just yeah, or
1: like grape coupon. Yeah.
4: I mean if it's available, but I'll take any mustard I can.
1: I get. do love a good honey mustard. Like I'll I'll I could that. eat honey mustard raw. Okay, this is a real
5: problem of what's <laughs> happening right now in this podcast. But with those fries with honey mustard
1: sauce? Mm-hmm. I could do, okay,
5: I could do like a honey mustard if it's like a glaze. like a bake on a type of meat or something along those lines. Like if we are like glazing things with like a honey mustard situation, yellow mustard, I think is is the devil's work. Is yellow
1: mustard is. belongs on hot dogs and hot dogs alone.
5: Okay. Aries is tackling at his phone. He's so proud of himself because he is fighting uh, uh, something on Twitter. He's starting a fight on Twitter. Wow. Um, which we might be about to do about mm-hmm. all of these various
1: foods. Sound takes. off about your mustard takes. Yeah, everyone. your
5: mustard, your potato takes, your fry take, whatever. Um, he's starting to front of Twitter. He loves it. Nothing makes him happier than a good old-fashioned burn it down fight. And then he's he shows he he shows Percy and, and the gang a little bit. He shows them Gabe, uh, who's talking about Percy and specifically his car. Gabe is very concerned about his car, of course. Um, and then he kind of, you know, we get a little bit of info here. We get a little bit of uh, um, insight from Ares here. He says that, you know, really no matter what war is going to be happening here between Zeus and Poseidon, um, he tells a little bit about the the backstory of the gods, about Kronos eating his aunts and uncles, and then Zeus makes him up. Chuck, We've talked about this a little bit before um, from the show and also on the podcast. Um, and so, uh, Ares is, Aries is like kind of happy with himself for all of this war stuff that's going to be happening. He loves this kind <laughs> of stuff. And, um, he also has a little task for them because he, you know, he kind of does want to help them more or less. He says he left a shield at an amusement park nearby. Um, and he says, yeah, you know, go, go get it for me. And they're like, oh, I'm going to keep Grover here as collateral. So you guys don't run off. Where are they going to go? What are they What are they going to do without Grover? They're not going to run off. But whatever. He's keeping Grover with them. And uh, instantly, they're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to Grover's Grover's like, yeah, okay. I'll stay. Don't even worry about me. I would love to stay here. Not a problem. I'll hang out with Ares. You guys go get the shield. I see burgers. You guys, amusement park, probably dangerous trap. Me, burgers and fries. Well, no he's problem. not even going to eat the burgers. Yeah, I mean, maybe he should, though. You know? That's cannibalism. Uh, is it though is it's it, that any, mean, is it any is, there more is it sure. any more cannibalism than us eating like animals you know like is there really a difference of grover eating a burger and us? there is not like but I we probably you probably animal.
4: don't want to have that conversation with me adam
5: well, but like I, uh, you know, I I uh, listen, uh, kill the animals, okay. Listen, uh, you know, uh, uh certain certain uh, whatever. Not like actually, not go, I'm not gonna go like slaughter whatever. But um, there's 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 bigger fish to fry. Literally, fried <laughs> is so delicious. Um, okay, so they're going to get the shield. Grover is saying, I don't know, I don't know where we this. This feels is Grover's so... breakout
1: episode. Like, I know he's had great. Qual- I feel like this was Grover's best yeah. episode. I loved. I forget the actor's name. Oh my God. But I thought he did great in this episode. And like Grover's kind of like, sometimes his, I don't know. I've just noticed that like some of the line delivery for Grover is kind of stiff And my, I, I I really love what he's doing, especially in the first episode. I feel like the first episode, everyone's finding their bearings on these characters and like, you have really seen them come into their own, all of these characters, all these actors. And I feel like they're like playing off each other more naturally. I thought this was a great episode for my homeboy, um, whose name I'm going to look up right now.
5: Yeah, we don't talk about the actors um, like a ton just because they're like they're unknown kids more or less. Like we don't know a ton of them, obviously. Um, also, uh, we're going to take a, just a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the two different signs of the story here at the amusement park and at the diner. We will be right
4: back.
5: Um, we have two storylines to talk about here. They sort of split up. Um, let's tackle them separately here as we go forward in this podcast. Let's start off. They, they do kind of go back and forth, but, for just, you know, we're, we're so off the rails here. Um, let's start with the, where do you well, where do you want to start, Felipe? You're the guest here. Which, which one would you like to start
1: with? Uh, we were talking about Grover. Let's talk about Grover.
5: Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about Grover. I also think oh. it's shorter.
1: I think the other one, like we can like go on a little bit more, like about like the new threads that they pulled on. Okay. Grover he yes
5: let's talk about Grover so he's 24, 24 year old grown man kind of not really Twenty-four if only, was 97 old, also. <laughs> if only i mean depending on when they. not really but okay so we're at the diner um and uh you know aries is still on his phone stirring stirring some stuff probably talking about the latest season of the traders or something i don't know he's he's stirring <laughs> up some stuff and uh grover's like hey we've we've met before actually I don't know if you knew this, but we have met at the solstice on Olympus. I was there at the solstice on Olympus. I'm a huge fan of yours. He even goes on to say, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours, Aries. I might be Grover, the Seder, but I'm a fan of yours. And Aries is like, what? Uh, what? What do you mean you're a fan of mine? How could How could he be a fan? There's no way. He's like, "You got you got me mixed up with somebody else satyrs eat tofu and worship flowers tofu's gross by the way and oh. sing songs about their feelings this is just the food takes podcast is really what this is yeah. that's it's, every
1: podcast with you honestly though yeah it is it really is
5: <laughs> It's not not great um and and sing songs about their feelings and then grover kind of claps back a little bit here and is like listen uh aries nature is Brutal. Okay, there's a lot of things that happen naturally that are just brutal. Um, and then he's like, "I'm a huge fan of some of your work, some of like the mellower stuff." And then he just starts rattling off wars. I'm just like, "Man, I really appreciated these." And he's like, "There's something really cool about overwhelming force and a quick surrender." As he's like rattling off his wars, and I'm like, "Uh, Grover, (laughs) what is going on here, Melissa? This threw me."
4: I think Rover is big braining Aries here. And I thought he did it so well. I thought he looked at this God with a massive ego and said, what exactly do you need to hear from me right now? And I think he fed it to him like on a silver spoon. It was perfect. I thought he did so good. I loved this nature is brutal line. Um, because I like it's so true, it's so accurate that um and I thought it was so interesting that yeah, nature isn't all just like you know, animal friends and like you know, birds dressing you in the morning or you know, whatever your like Cinderella fantasy is. It's um it like just I I, I love a, a weird animal fact. Um, the <laughs> name of the reproductive system used by uh, some bugs including bed bugs is traumatic insemination and i'm just gonna put that out there we don't need to go further into it but that is like a real nature thing that happens so it's like nature is not fuzzy and and happy it is brutal and it's so i loved that like kind of surprise of it that he caught aries off guard with that
5: um just for those of you who are playing along at home and and have your bingo card out that was traumatic insemination just so yeah, you can cross don't that, look that off the, don't look it up just don't so you can cross it. that I'm off just telling you right here. now don't do it um any kids listening uh tell your <laughs> tell your parents to stop listening like this is this is not okay okay you really this this is not this is not good stuff um uh, wow that's I ask a lot what, please can I ask please a discussion babe?
1: question about this scene <laughs>
5: yeah
1: <laughs> I beg
5: you to ask question.
1: Okay. how would you appease to Aries <laughs> how would you appeal to him because I would be like Aries I love your work Keisha's birthday cinema like because aries is 100 on big brother twitter right
4: oh yeah that's a great call actually is like what would, what, let what me talk like... to you about my favorite reality television fights of the yeah. year. <laughs> that's you actually a genius yeah it.
5: yeah admittedly i'm i could not be less plugged into the big brother space of of this world um that really? being said i feel very good about my own ability to
1: stir up almost any adam h versus jessica sterling adam h versus i feel so good
5: literally
4: anybody yeah
1: Yeah. i
5: mean i i have a whole podcast to just hit play on and be like now this is lindy and this is how she feels about something and just watch her get mad for like 125 episodes and then that's that's the situation I have a a a, a, a whole podcast for that um, who isn't a stand? Aries would well, actually, Aries might side with me,
1: but that probably yeah. says more about Aries. I'm so surprised that you're not a fire sign, not to get into astrology, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Someone aren't you like a Libra?
5: Tour. Yeah, I am a Libra. What? How? Okay, sorry. Um, I don't know. Sarah says it makes all the sense in the world, but I, okay. I, 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 I don't know. I'm
1: not in the astrology trenches like Sarah is, so maybe she can explain it to me in the DMs. Yeah. Um, but I, she there's no way she listens to this oh, um absolutely not no she doesn't care about this show or okay. the series <laughs> at all um it's anyways. a little disrespectful though because this is cinema this show is great and she should watch it yeah i
5: i mean i actually do agree the problem is i've been I'm watching on the computer uh mm. for this one and not the so it's it's hard for her to like over here anyway aries is talking about the presentations that happened in the solstice and he's like this is the worst night of the year i absolutely hate it and Grover kind of gets him talking a little bit. If you're like, "Oh, but you must have really hated this uh, the last time when someone stole the bull. he's like, "Yeah," it's basically the whole thing that Ares says like four or five different times. Um, and he's like, "Well, not many people, you know, could have pulled it off. You know, this the the master bolt theft." You're like, "Yeah," and Grover asks if, like, you know, uh, Athena has Athena always been sort of this way? We talked about Athena before. She has she always been this way. Always, you know, making things more complicated than they need to be, so people will think that she's smarter than you and we kind of you know pan into into aries and he's like thank you finally someone gets it and the freaking owl man i can't even believe this owl owls oh he just he he doesn't get it at all um Felipe, what are your thoughts on owls and why are they the weirdest necked creatures ever
1: (laughs) um first off apologies to my friend roger who has an owl tattoo um owl (sighs) Owl is responsible for some of my favorite shenanigans in the Winnie the Pooh cinematic universe. Um, oh, the, the search for Christopher Robin is a five out of five on my letterbox. Um, and Owl not knowing how to read is the reason that it all happened. So shout out to him. But owls, I don't know, let owls be. Owls are chill. Um, what was that other YA book about the owl that like had um, Anna Sophia Rob in it? Oh my God. And, and no, the I dude didn't. from Hannah Montana it was it, they made a movie about it and like it's like everglades someone's yelling at the dms right now but
4: I, I, I'm, I'm thinking with archimedes owls. from is it sword in the stone uh that's the owl that i was this is gonna
1: about. at first i need to look up what the name of the guy is from hannah montana so uh y'all yeah. talk about owls okay. amongst yourselves.
4: <laughs> this yeah, was so great the <laughs> owl line killed me i thought it was so funny and i just love because like i don't think grover believes what he's saying i think he is telling aries what he needs to hear here. And so like absolutely this like, oh yeah, look at her. And and so yeah, this like thank you moment from Aries, I thought was so good. I was like, oh Grover is like hooked like hook line and sinker of everything he's trying to do here.
5: Yeah, this oh. is interesting because I like I, I don't know that I I interpreted it that way right off the bat. I think I saw it a little bit more on my second watch through. But, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert for the Book Club podcast, even though I have not <laughs> read, read these types of the books recently, this is, like, not a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. This conversation is does not exist in the book. And so, like, where we are going here, at least to me, is, like, a little unclear in terms of, like, what the actual takeaway of this scene and, and Grover's motivations. Obviously, we kind of get there at the end of the episode that we'll talk about in a second. But, like, in terms of this, this scene and giving Grover all of these, you know, lines and opportunity
1: – not there, not not I, really there in the source material. I feel like it's vaguely like where I think they're going is vaguely like plotted a little bit somewhere in the book, but I don't know if it's this scene necessarily. But uh, again, it's been like over a year and a half since I read the book Um, I found the name. It's I apologize, it wasn't Anna Sophia Rob, it was Brie Larson. Uh, but Hoot
5: didn't watch it. Feel like we could have guessed that.
1: Um, no, I don't know. I uh, you don't I remember who? Have... Mm. They used to air this on the Disney Channel all the time. I Logan love, Lerman, I I of Percy Jackson fame, is in this Hoot
5: movie. Two thousand six film is that one? Staff cast: Logan, Brie Larson, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. What? Uh, okay. Um, well, I, maybe is this? Uh, maybe this is something we talk about. The two thousand six uh, comedy adventure movie. I don't know. About is it an animated movie? No, it's live action. So it's literally about an actual. All I remember owl.
1: is Cody Lindley, who is Jake and Hannah Montana, who I was trying to recognize. Uh he runs down the street barefoot. That's something. And then there's like some sort of owl subplot. It's about an owl in the Everglades. I <laughs> swear this is like oh. not made up.
3: Clark Greg
5: is in
1: this. Okay. Clark
5: Gregg, noted Agents of Shield fan. Um, okay well there we go uh that's the that's the Grover part as we nearly crest an hour on this podcast Uh, um
4: I also felt like we haven't yet shouted out the fact that Adam Copeland is playing Aries (laughs) is like a professional wrestler and I feel like we should talk about this first of all um this makes so much sense like the number of wrestlers to actors i think just you know it's it's the whole point of the medium and the the acting of it all so it's i'm not at all surprised that this is now just like the third that i can name off the top of my head like professional wrestlers turned actors um the rock john cena i'm sure others that i don't know but also uh here anyway so i thought that this was so perfect and as like the god of war is just so amazing anyway so it worked out um really well also i yeah i i don't know a lot about wrestling so i'm very down for people to like get in the comments and tell me about edge and his I feel like persona
1: wrestling I also makes sense for aries like like we talked about yeah. reality tv aries would be a fan of i feel like he'd be a fan of wrestling
5: yeah absolutely. Yeah, i can't qu- i again i i just don't remember the exact like line from the book but i know that like one of the ways that aries is described is that like professional wrestlers would run away or like so, mm. uh, uh, so, like professional wrestling was mentioned in the book i just don't re- exactly remember how we'll obviously we'll find out for the book club but i yeah. just know like that line was in there in some capacity um, or maybe it wasn't and you'll find out if I'm wrong on the book club podcast <laughs> because
4: that's the only place Adam admits he's wrong it's the, the book club only pod. place if you're not listening
5: yeah. you know yeah you really should um get on there okay that's the Grover Star uh storyline let's cool. go over to the amusement are we gonna here. tie it all
1: back at the end and like talk we about we will okay, tie cool. it all back Ask questions. About yeah it. So we'll once we
5: get, once we get there um, let's get
1: our hat away on
5: Let's, our, our hat away. What it's is the love?
4: Na- it's oh, the name oh, okay, of okay, the okay. act for What is Love, which is a song older than the both of you. I just have to say it. <laughs> we're not even there. It's we're just, I mean, we're just the not record, even to right? that point, okay. and we're already throwing shots at- um, I, Not at a shot, time. just a comment. You already, you're the one that brought up age first on this pod, added Let It Be Known. You were talking about how there's a cutoff for the movies, and old people don't like it because we're too bold, so-
5: I, listen, I never said it was because you're too old. Okay. That, that it was, was just that was just implied okay that yeah. was never said yeah. <laughs> explicitly it was just heavily implied um but I, adam, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm certain that there are um i'm certain that there are many people who are of the older persuasion who thoroughly enjoyed the movie and are probably like oh that adam is really whatever once you figure out how to get on your phone you can no. message me okay then we can go through eric would be problem. proud of you for that <laughs> i'm just trying to stir it up you know i'm pulling pulling the aries out of there okay at the amusement park which is where we are going next on the other side of the story percy and annabeth are walking up this this place is a little creepy as we are like mm-hmm. walking up they did a very good job of making this creepy they get to sort of these um the, the these front gates which they're uh, describing as celestial bronze which is fine for humans totally fine they can just walk through no problem whatsoever, but very dangerous for demigods and basically non-humans. And Percy kind of gets stuck in this, and Annabeth, you know, is looking around, and is like trying to figure out what what should we do, what's going on here. And then she's like, just, just, uh, just keep going, just, just, just go, just d- go through the gates. And Percy's like, oh my god, this is so dangerous. But then he pushes through and is totally fine. And we see a counter on the other side go up from zero to one. And it's like this isn't really designed to be a trap or keep anyone out or anything like that. It's just designed to know who's here and what's going on as she walks through and it ticks up to two cool design here. I really did like this. I love when we're just sort of like building the world of stuff in this world. You know, it's not, it's not always about the lore of the people and the gods. I like when there's like stuff. I like when there are things there that's like, Oh, this is like, you know, God esque in a way that's created in a non-human sense. I, I did like that. I feel like there's not when they necessarily on enough the
1: Greek gods to the Western
5: civilization stuff. Yeah, that's very very cool. Um, also very very cool. The Tunnel of Love, or whatever they called it, that I didn't write down. But it's the Tunnel of Love. Let's be honest with ourselves what is here. That? A scary ghost ride is what they call it. And there's like, well, the shield must be in here. Okay, this is a whole thing. Um, and, and we sort of flashed to them on this like lazy river rowboat situation as they are together, and they're looking at this wall of lights. And you know what? For those of you out there who were very concerned that we would not be replicating some of the iconic moments from the movie, I will... Take your poker face and raise you one. What is love? Okay, that's what I'm gonna do and offer you here in in this moment. Um, how freaking fun was this? As we get like a light show in here, as the two of them are seeing the story of festus which by the way listeners of this podcast you already know because melissa did this before the only difference is i was not screaming behind her what is that i was not doing that but i honestly think maybe we should do it again and we add that in i don't know i feel like that that could really be something here this was so so cool melissa i love the way this looked visually
4: this whole amusement park was very cool. I will admit there were parts of this that I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> like wh- this whole like front thing where it's like, I think we're making a lot of deal about a turnstile and I don't get why. Uh, so that was happening. And then uh, this ride looked amazing. Like I would like to go on this ride, please. Can, you know, can I go somewhere and Felipe will give me a tour of a place and then I get to go oh. on this ride. Like, is that how this works? Um, but, yeah, the whole thing with the, the visual of it, all of the colors in this scene were so cool. And then, yeah, the music was obviously incredible. So, yeah, this, this whole section, I was very, I felt, uh, is to say it very much, along for the ride. Um, like, I didn't totally understand what was happening and why Hephaestus just, like, has an amusement park in the middle of nowhere. Um, and why the shield was here and why the turnstile was causing so much trouble and any of what was going on with this chair that we'll get to but i went with it because it looked really cool and sounded cool
1: yeah shout out to the production design team who brought this to life i also love like i don't know if it was intentional or just my interpretation but it kind of looked like constellations um mm. and like if you know you're like greek gods like a lot of them are like constellations as well so like i like that it was like they're looking at the sky there's this pattern i love the color pops uh, what is love a banger um and i i don't know i was just vibing with it i was like i would love to do this ride like take me there coach um i would love to be on this ride and like we need more lit tunnels of love like this tunnels of love still exist probably i think I mean, like i've never right? seen one in real life i've only seen it in movies and tv shows but also i've never been in a relationship when i went to an amusement park of this style Oh, do you think they're like only accessible to people?
5: It, they're
4: like the mist. The, unless yeah. you're in a relationship, you can't even see this Single
5: people look at that and they just like look right past it. It looks, yeah. it, it looks,
4: it like, it, like, it looks, looks a, like a body or, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It
2: looks,
1: it's nothing. It's like I'm not interested in that. But also, like, a lot of the amusement parks are like either these big, massive theme parks or these like rinky-dink carnivals that come into town once a year for like three days.
4: I and I say think that you too. only it- find eternal turtle, turtle 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 of love oh. a t- tunnel of love at the rinky-dink variety like I think if you're not I almost concerned for needs the to health and safety middle. of everyone attending that carnival that's not going to be there
5: oh the yeah. water has got to be so gross um right? uh, who even wants to know what's going on i feel like it has to be in like one of those middle like it can't... you're not going to find it at a six flags but then i also don't think you're going to find it at a fall festival as they come into town for the week you know what i mean like right. i think it has to be like a permanent establishment that is also a little size right like, oh no, yeah the splash the mountain water is probably man. nasty yeah like you yeah. got i think i think that like has to be um the situation um in terms of the story itself I, like, I'm not gonna be able to do a great job here. I don't know, like, you, you explained I, this better previously, but we probably have both forgotten since that explanation. Unless, Felipe, yes, you, like, want to take no, a whack. No,
1: I'm just calling myself a stupid moron right now because I guess a small world, all these little boat rides are, like, basically...
5: A like-
4: small world, small world's what I thought of, but I wouldn't exactly call that a tunnel of love.
5: not a tunnel like. of love, there's children there. Just like on this podcast, apparently, there's children all about that we have to be very careful. You can't do tunnel of love things on It's a Small To the love. children, okay, children
1: you know. alone, Martin Mystery had a great tunnel of love. Episode way back when, but okay.
4: Um, okay. The story of wait, Adam. You said that as if you have experience getting kicked out of the small the world, right?
1: story of Hafest. Were you the naked guy on a small world? A
4: few no, years? I was not
5: the
1: naked guy on a small world.
5: Oh my god. Um, <laughs> they would never catch me naked there.
4: Um they <laughs> um, would never catch you. You would never be naked. The story
1: recognized me naked. I was like, what the story. The story
4: because
1: he wears a hat you know (laughs) it's a Thetis hat (laughs)
0: and nothing else
5: (laughs) oh my god okay the story of Hephaestus (laughs) he really okay hold on (laughs) he really wants to be with Aphrodite that's like his his number one is Aphrodite he loves her she's like uh more interested in like the bad boys of you know uh the Aries types okay Great. He it, tries girl. to go after Aphrodite. She says basically no. And so he being like a clever tinker, clever minded, whatever inventor type person, uh, gives a gift to Hera, who I think is Aphrodite's mother, but it's older that, mom, right? my, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I, older like mom. I think like, that, this is very incestuous like as I'm sure you've discussed on the podcast, but um gives the gift to Hera of the chair, and she's like, Oh, what a nice chair this is, let me just sit in it, and then it envelops her, and then he's like, Ha ha, I got you. Um, in order for you to be let out, you need to make uh, Aphrodite marry me, and she's like, "Well, I guess that's what's gonna happen now." So here you go, daughter of mine, marry him. Great. Okay, they are technically officially, <laughs> officially whatever. They're like married. Okay, they're married, but she still likes Aries. Still has like this school girl crush on Aries, and now Aries, being you know Aries. Uh, does uh, philandering things, you know, whatever, philandering Uh, with, uh, she's in a forced marriage, so like, who are we to, whatever. She and Aries like, are getting together, but in terms of, like, all this disrespect, they are getting together in places that, like, Hephaestus, like, built and created to, like, as an extra salt in the wound, and he, like, knows, he knows that, like, she's, you know, whatever, but that's, that's the story of the chair. I think. Yeah, I probably left out some very important stuff there, but that like gets us to the chair, um, which as they continue going on, um, I also had in my notes here like this ride would be a very cool Disney ride, like, it, yeah. not not for nothing. Like as this sort of like spirals out of control, I could absolutely any, see how you, like how cool would it be to have like a Percy Jackson section? Oh, oh they better, they okay. better uh, one of these Disney's.
1: Disney owns it, right? Um, Wouldn't that
5: be better. cool? I feel like that would be cool. Have like
1: you, you either to have go to the Camp Pandora? Avatar ride at Animal Kingdom, the like boat one. It's- oh, I I haven't sniffed Disney World in uh, like forever. Valid.
5: I've never um,
4: been to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland since I was eighteen, so and that was well. If I you're
1: I ever in LA, well, let's go to Disneyland.
4: Um I, think well, I, was,
1: I was like eight or nine the last time I went, and I but been they have
5: which, which is like, so about Avatar the same, team.
4: about the same year, roughly
5: Adam. the same. Yeah, we probably we were we yeah. probably saw each other actually. Probably. We were probably like man, that is an annoying kid over there. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Why does um, all you want to do is go in the tunnel of love? What a weird. <laughs> um, okay, this is a fun ride to go down, but it quickly yeah. turns. Uh, why is that? Why is that all that he's wearing? Um, that quickly turns <laughs> into a problematic ride here as things go off the rail. They see the shield off on the side above the chair that we saw that we talked about before, and they're like, "Okay, we got to jump." And so they jump into the water, and then they're about to drown, and Percy does some water stuff. And it's like, pew, pew 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 pew, I have water powers and they are fine. And like wake up, I guess, on the side. Percy's a cool water guy, is he's a water bag. I like that sorts. they
1: left it ambiguous though, because like Annabeth was like, Did you do that? And he's like, I don't know. Um, so it's like, did he do it or did Poseidon help him out again? Like, I feel like they mm-hmm. left it kind of ambiguous. And like, even I haven't made up my mind completely. Um, he did something.
5: He I mean, he for sure, like, he was moving his hands. Like it was oh. I mean, there was, he did he did something here.
1: I don't yeah. know what, but
5: he's shot at water. Accio shield. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we get to the throne and then Anabeth, you know, starts talking. Percy starts talking. Evidently, uh, Percy's been told many stories, uh, from his mother. We, we heard about this a little bit before, um, on the ride, the throne was a gift from Hephaestus to Hera. while well, she's had she could get up. It was too much, but i let her free. After that, he would be his wife. We already talked about this. One of them, uh, goes in and the other gets the shield. That's the deal. One person has to stay behind and be, you know, sort of enveloped in this gold. And the other one gets to get the shield. And Anabeth's being like yep okay that's why i'm here i will sit in the chair you get the shield done and done it's your quest great here we go percy's like hell no absolutely not you are not going to sacrifice yourself and she's like well you're the one on the mission so what are you talking about um and they just they have this song and dance this is maybe one of the things that i'm i'm a little over of this show to be honest with you the everyone trying to sacrifice themselves every episode for the thing that we're doing. I, in my mind, I think it's just cooler to have someone take control and do the cool thing instead of like having both of them try and be like, "You do the thing, and I'm going to sacrifice myself."
1: Um, so we need the I, explanation.
5: No, I know we need the explanation, but I admittedly, like, I feel like there. Are, I don't have a lot of gripes with the show and the the changes that they've made and stuff like this. This isn't exactly how this goes down and in, in the book to my recollection no um, it doesn't in
1: i'm just the same i'm way. just
5: i'm yeah. just like a little over the you know i'm gonna sacrifice myself but whatever um percy's always like i'm gonna be the one to do this uh this is why you're here on the mission because you wouldn't hesitate to sacrifice me if it meant the success of the mission great percy sits in the chair ridiculously cool visuals of all of the yeah. gold of the chair going over him and he then might shaking immediately annabeth is like percy get up don't do this i'm changing my mind of what's going on percy's like it's it's too late what do you mean i already sat down like this is done like what we don't have that was a five minutes ago decision anyway (laughs) percy gets completely uh covered leaving annabeth all alone i just have to shout this out one more time the visuals of percy getting covered by this chair were awesome like they were very very cool in a way i was not expecting nor even expected knowing you know theoretically what would happen in this scene this was cooler than i have ever imagined this happening in the book and that doesn't happen very often we talk about these adaptations all the time how often does something like see on screen be way cooler than the coolest thing that you were imagining reading through like an objectively cool scene of like getting involved in the chair this is just really really cool um, Annabeth's all alone. Okay, then we see a kind of a rando Be like, hey, can I uh, help you get out of here? And she's like, no, I'm not really interested in getting out of here. I have a friend to save, even though, Annabeth, you knew what was going on here. What are you trying to do? Whatever. She's like, no, if you're not gonna help me, get out of here so I can focus. And then this guy up there from the top deck is like, I know your mother was displeased with you recently, but... Uh, you know, she can, she can get that way. And Annabeth then absolutely pops off on this guy. And he's like, you know what? All of this like cutthroat, uh, backstabbing. I know all the gods are that way. This eater be eaten mentality way. Everyone's like that, but he gesturing to Percy, he isn't that way. He is better than that. Maybe I was that way once, but I don't want to be that way anymore. I won't be like all of you. I just won't. And at that, he lets Percy go, saying some of us don't like being that way either. You're a good kid, Annabeth. I'll put in a good word with your mom for you. Interesting scene, interesting resolution. Gives Annabeth sort of the the verbal moment of persuasion here and not have it be about some kind of intellect or problem solving or fighting a monster for something physical. We get more of that charismatic solution, which you know, I always certainly enjoy when we get to do those opportunities. Um, that being said, I don't know how well this really worked for me. I don't know. I Maybe I just need to talk this through. Felipe, what did you think about this resolution and how we
1: got out of this? Well, did we mention that that's Hephaestus? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that people... Like, Timothy uh, Anderson I, also? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't okay. know that I ever actually said it, but yes,
5: it's Hephaestus out there okay. in, in his, uh,
1: his kind of domain here. I... What I'll say, I like the fact that this is very... I mean, it's kind of tell, but, like, not just show. But, like, it's, like, we see Annabeth's growth from where she was in episode two when we meet her to where she is now, and we've seen Percy's impact on her. And as a storytelling device, I really like that. Um, I like it more than if she was just going to figure out the cogs and, like, undo it. I also like that it meant that, like, oh, no, the demigods do have restrictions and that, like, the gods can't just, like, be like, oh, you... Um, outsmarted Hephaestus in this moment and his domain. Um, I think I like that aspect of it. Um, I want to hear your your uh, your pushbacks though. Like, what what about it? Like, is it making you like? Mm, I don't know. You know what I think it was.
5: I think I just wanted this to be more presiding to me as like okay. Annabeth believes th- these things and like really like fights for them based on her own lived experiences more yeah, than just maybe like it was a little percy's bit been more... rubbing off for a couple days you know what i mean like i feel like it was just kind of like this is like if per- I, I really wanted percy to have made this speech to be honest with you because i feel like it would be much more reflective of like percy's um you know personality which i guess is like part of the point right if like annabeth is making that because of the impact that percy has had which i do i, I definitely can appreciate that it's just that like it, it was not able to be delivered with sort of the power and resonance that someone who like very firmly has had these beliefs and like is going to fight for them. When Annabeth has been focused on not different things or different objectives, but like in a different way, this has not really been the way that she's approaching these things, which again can be part of the point. It just like for this to be the solution of like, Percy makes the sacrifice play to get the shield up there. Okay. You know, good on Percy for being willing to make that sacrifice play good on Annabeth for being willing to continue with this, to see it through to the end and focus on the mission. But like, because Annabeth is convincing, like we just kind of undo all of that. Like we, it's sort of like no longer matters at this point. And I think that I really struggle with like Annabeth's immediate response to Percy being sacrificed of like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to sit here until I can fix this and, you know, try and work through and like save him instead of like her being like, okay, Percy made this play time to get back to the mission and like, see the thing to the end. And then we'll save Percy afterwards. Obviously we couldn't, do that like that's that's obviously like not what's going to happen in percy jackson but i think that Annabeth's immediate response being like oh, okay we the, i didn't mean this like we, we uh, don't sacrifice yourself we need to figure out a way to undo this before we can go forward yeah. i'm like why did we just do this again like why do we keep fighting to make the sacrifice play but then not be willing to like push it forward once we have done it
1: you know what i mean like i just feel no, like you're making a great little, points, like, and you're like you're you're making me think hard about this, which I really appreciate the uh, that. Um, it's kind of like mixed bag. I, I understand what you're saying. I wish like cause it's hard because like you don't want to waste too much time with like the scene, but if like they gave us a little bit more time. If we like saw Annabeth trying and maybe like even taking like then cut back to Grover and Aries and then we see like it's been a couple minutes and like she gives up, but like then it takes the tension out. I'm trying to think of a way they could have like because I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I wish that was done slightly differently, but I like the essence of the scene if that makes sense. Like, I want it to be where
5: Percy immediately figures out what's going on, sits on the chair, sacrifices himself before Annabelle yeah. can stop him. She realizes what's going on, gets the shield. And then because she didn't have any input to the situation, be like, this is when I am mad and frustrated at the scene and need to like figure out a way to solve him. Then we get Hephaestus coming in. And then because she's in this like deeply emotional state because she didn't have – any input into the conversation of the sacrifice that's when she's lashing out and when she can display this powerful emotion and like try and figure out a solve to this i just feel like the whole conversation at the beginning of who's gonna sacrifice let's go on they even talk about like hey when this is done come get me or save my, you know what I mean? Like we have this whole thing in the beginning. That's just like, we know what's going to happen here. If we're going to give Annabeth the like emotionally powerful moving speech at the end, it needs to be because she is in a emotionally, you know, charged state, not a completely logical one, which is where it started from. And so So, I feel like that was a
1: a big disconnect. How do you feel about this pitch? Like we see Annabeth, like trying gives up after man. It's like, okay, I'm going to go complete the mission. And then she's like getting back in the boat. And then she's like, no, she like gets worked up. She's angry. And then like, choose some choose out i don't know like i feel like there's like a reworking of the scene that makes it stronger i do agree with you but in terms of like what we got like i don't think i still think it works even though i kind of see what you're saying you're like moving the needle for sure on where i stand with this because like coming in i was like oh this really worked for me and now i'm like kind of like this kind of worked but something's off and i do think that like i can't pinpoint exactly how i feel about i feel like there's like some workshops that uh could definitely have been done but Um, Dr. Melissa, where, can I ask you about your opinion on this?
4: Yeah, I, so I really like Annabeth sort of like popping off here at the end, but I agree that like the sacrifice conversation really felt off for me. And part of it, I do, I do wish that the tension between Percy and Annabeth had been more present up until this point. I sort of feel like it softened really early Mm -hmm. and it, I think it would have had more impact here. If we hadn't seen it quite as much in the last couple episodes. And yeah, this whole like sacrifice conversation, like Annabeth seemed to come around to Percy's whole, like, no, I'm going to be the one to do this. Like so quickly that I, I like that felt off to me that then I, I agree with Adam's take that. I think I really liked the after stuff, but I think I would have liked it even more if Mm -hmm. it was the way Adam was saying of like, she's mad. And I, and I, I want it to be this thing where she is sort of like grappling with this herself, right? Like she's yeah. sort of talking think- out loud to Hephaestus and saying like, I don't know, like this is not the way I thought this was supposed to go. I'm not supposed to be, you know, I don't really understand, but I can't do this without and I don't, you know, if she was still sort of like almost thinking to yeah. herself out loud, but actually also telling him off in the same way while she's grappling with this
0: change. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, something I've been thinking about through this conversation is also like, even back when we were talking about them, like making the decision, every time a sacrifice is to be made, it's always Percy making it. And I wish like we had maybe like an inverse of that in some point in these last couple of episodes where Annabeth, because Annabeth in the book is also very headstrong and like would sacrifice herself. And I feel like, I wish we got to see like Annabeth in the quote unquote hero role, where it's been Percy- every single time that I can think of with Medusa cutting her head off uh, with um, like uh, the thing last week with the chimera, he pushes her in the lock and locks the door. Like, I I wish like, maybe if like Annabeth was moving and like being the headstrong and then Percy just kind of like slides. Like, I wish like the emotion of like, I feel like I want to see Annabeth like in the more way that I remember reading her as a book. I always thought Percy was kind of more of like, the beta who has to step up in some scenes and Annabeth's always been like the alpha like she's going to take charge she's going to one who's makes the decisions more decisive more like instinct and that's I think something that has been missing in this adaptation I want to see like Annabeth's turn to like be the sacrifice and how Percy reacts in the inverse and we didn't really get that in the lead up and then so maybe there's like if she had more punch to like that it, the, if she had something about that Talking out loud is hard. Sometimes.
5: Well, yeah, no. What, what's really tough is that we have added in multiple sacrifice plays that were not there. Yeah, in the book, and so when we add them in, someone has to make someone has to make the sacrifice if we were going to add a sacrifice play. And if we consistently have it be the main character, there's no way it couldn't be Percy. I actually like. I agree with the show's adaptation of that sense of like. As much as we are like sitting here saying, you know, maybe we want Annabeth. I I really feel strongly that if Annabeth were to have made either one, we would simultaneously be sitting here saying why is annabeth doing this like i i, I really do think like that's what we be having and that it maybe it's more just of just a, feels a, like a her agency is taken anything. away
1: a little bit well, if because second we're adding more, more
5: places where agency like has to be required yeah. you know what i mean like though that just didn't exist in the book and so i agree with you the read in the book has always been annabeth is headstrong and very like you know uh you know type a and forward in these situations because the situations have been slightly but importantly different and so you know adding in these sacrificial options and requiring someone to make them um is really tough because that was not like that no one had to make them that just wasn't there in the book it was well they were on the previous elevator so that's why they weren't there it wasn't an active choice being made but because we're adding in that active choice someone has to make it and so you know we're living with the consequences of that sometimes like the arch example I think it's really good. I think it's very, very effective. I think it's, I think it's well done, well executed. Here, uh, maybe not so much. But I, like theoretically, if we had gotten rid of the arch one, maybe I would be liking this more because we wouldn't have done it multiple episodes in a row. Like maybe that is that is part of this too. I don't know. Um, but it works out either way. Annabeth is very persuasive. Convinces Hephaestus. Is you know, I don't want to really be like this too. He says well, put in a good work with your mom for you. We love to see that. Um, and we finish up. We finish off this episode finally. Uh, back at the diner, Annabeth is walking in with the shield and with Percy and tow. and we're just like, uh, "Where's our ride?" As we, you know, we we smash to a pretty stinky semi. Uh, I don't know that they went into the full specifics there. I think this is like for a zoo uh, in the book, is what this semi is. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's really tough. And we also get some blistering lines here as we finish off this episode with an exchange with Percy and. Aries, Aries says, "Don't even, don't worry, kid. Um, your dad had plenty of kids that he lost interest in, which is maybe the most like disgusting thing that you could say to someone. That's so abs, it's just absolutely brutal." And Percy like claps back right at him and like sort of starts to threaten Aries a little bit. And Grimmer's like, "Okay, okay, okay. We got. Like, right, uh, thank you, sir, for all that you've done and all the you know whatever that you provided us in the ride. We're gonna take the ride. Um, and then finally." In the truck, we see Grover saying, you know, hey, uh, Aries wasn't being entirely honest with everything that he was saying. He was holding something back. I know who stole the master bolt. Dun, dun, dun! As they begin their adventure even further west from where they are on their way to Santa Monica to meet up with the side. Adam, and- hop in that truck, come with them so we can hang out. I- I, I think I already missed the truck. I was I was stuck at the diner finishing the fries. I just I just couldn't Without- uh- Sauce, no sauce on those fries whatsoever. Um, I could do like a garlic parm sauce, I, I don't really ranch? do that. For I hate ranch, see, this is this is my dangerous Midwestern take as like a born and raised, Tommy five is different Midwestern. Hopping on a plane
1: to Tommy,
5: knows place. how I feel. I Tommy can have all my ranch though, I'll just give him all. He gets all of my ranch. Congratulations to Tommy. When when they give us multiple like baskets of chicken tenders and we each get a ranch cup, he gets two ranch cups now. So there you go. Congratulations to you, Tommy. Um, Melissa, as someone who's not read the books, who stole the Master Bolt? What did Grover find out?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I am very much of two minds of this where I think it's Athena or like Athena had somebody steal it was I think the implication of this whole she overcomplicates things conversation, but I could also see it being... Like an Aries tie-in, or I could be missing things completely. I don't know. Um, I feel like I am saying this to a bunch of people who read these books many, many years ago and have known the answer to this for a long time. So yeah, that's why i uh, yeah. asked
3: the question. Yeah. Sure.
4: yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, but those are my kind of assumptions based on that conversation. I gotta say, Percy standing up to Aries for me was a lot less effective than Annabeth standing up to Hephaestus. Uh maybe it's just because um he is so he's so small he's just a, just a little guy and, uh, this this man is a is just a tank walking so i don't know i was just i was a bit like i don't know percy you're saying a lot of he's stuff also a I don't god, know, literally yeah right like
1: you have cool wishy powers out of your hands when water's around but like this man this is probably yeah. not even his real form he probably yeah. is like he could pummel you for sure like yeah. in the book he, could... he gives off
5: ghost rider vibes he could really you know rip you uh, like in half like it would really step on
1: you yeah and squish you
4: that's something else felipe well
1: you know
5: um anyway that's how we end this uh with grover saying he knows who stole the master mode how exciting um i'm excited to talk about some of the differences between this uh when we get to the book club podcast but of course that is for the book club podcast which if you're not a patron or push or recaps uh please come join us that's the only place that you can come get the book club podcast we would uh love to have you over there um what an exciting episode that we have talked to death and then again uh to t- uh this was a good one i still don't think it like lives up to episode four and i actually agree with you melissa i think episode two was probably better than this one as well but it, it's up there i definitely enjoyed this there hasn't been a bad episode of this show thus far and i think that's like really a testament to how good the creative team is behind this and how much i'm really enjoying the visual design elements as well that being said we're not done on this podcast we have more to do um because you know, just like we've been doing week after week um we called it something before. We called it underrated God of the Week, and and then and then I said God of the Week, and Todd was like, "Oh, I just do any God I want." I was like, "Yeah, who cares? You know, it's just whatever. It's whatever we want to do. That's that's the rules on this podcast, Musa. We don't we don't bow to any gods but
4: ourselves. Is that- we all know the rules of this podcast? Quests happen in pe- with three people, three people, and don't I don't even. The- don't even think
5: that. I'm, get out of here with your fourth person. And people. the
4: only place that Adam admits he's wrong is on the book club pod. Those Correct. are the, two, those rules are the two rules. Yeah.
5: So, so in in accordance with those two rules, um, we can do whatever else we want. Which wait. means we're just here to to talk about a God of the Week, and uh, this time it's on Felipe. So yeah. Felipe, the floor is completely and totally yours. You can do whatever you want here. God of the Week is the you know is the pyramid questionnaire that's sort of on the card, but whatever that means to you, you can, you know, li- live, your life. Who's, well, who's the God of the week? This episode?
1: Myself. Cause I'm Adonis. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, can you imagine if someone, uh, could? you, you didn't specify, <laughs> I could talk about Thor here and no, I'm kidding. Um, no,
4: I, I've always said it does not have to be Greek. So, yeah.
1: Um, I, I mean, Hermes is my boy and I have a quick story about him later, but we'll save that for the very, very end. Uh if that's cool with you all, but uh uh I mean Eros is cool, Demeter, very underrated, I think. But I picked Apollo because he is the god of music and art and theater. And essentially I think Apollo was the god of podcasting. Oh.
2: <laughs> that's okay. why I love
4: Tell me more, Felipe. What does that mean? Well,
1: uh so I feel like podcasting is a form of the theater um it is in the same medium as music you listen to it on spotify perhaps um and i i don't know i feel like apollo is the psr god like i feel like he's like is there is there anyone else that could be like the god of podcasting of the let's let's say of the main 12.
5: Uh, boy I mean I, mean, I
1: mean I i i don't know
4: yeah don't know uh, sound off god god. in the comments <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, there are two quick Apollo stories that I do love. Like Apollo, probably known for his lyre, uh, which he had a contest with Pan, a previously talked about God,
3: um, mm-hmm.
1: where uh, he uh, Pan had the audacity to compose his music, uh-huh. um, and he was like, "Oh, to compare his music." Sorry, with uh, if you can't tell, I'm reading off the Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, he uh, to compare his music with Apollo's, and they challenged each other to a duel, a contest. The mountain god pronunciation is going to be messed up. Timolis, uh, it's giving Timon. Uh, so we're going to call Timolus. He was the judge. And Pam blew on his pipes. And uh, Apollo then played his liar. Uh, and everyone except this man Midas, or Midas, I don't know how you're saying it. Uh, he, uh, they all thought Apollo, clean sweep, he won. And so because Apollo was petty and was like, Midas, you did not... Uh, think i should have won you don't have great taste and i don't want you to suffer with such a depraved pair of ears you have you become a donkey and that's how they got the ears of the donkey
4: wow okay yeah the gods be petty
1: yeah they be petty and horny is what they are should that be the
5: third rule of uh (laughs) of the the podcast
4: I think it is now. Three
5: people on a quest. I'm only wrong on on the book club podcast. And the gods be petty and horny. That's the <laughs> those are the three rules. We should get that nice. on like a bug or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. There's the god of the week, Felipe. Anything else about Apollo that you want to share to the
1: people? Um. He has a twin sister, Artemis. Okay. And, yeah. The cool name. Apollo's a, a
5: cool name. I think. Artemis
1: is a cool name. Oh. Uh, yeah. What did you think, Apollo? Apollo. I think Apollo. Both cool. like Athena. Cool name. Shout out to my friend Athena. Oh,
5: okay. Yeah,
1: I, I, not <laughs> as cool as Apollo. I think it's like the O-L-L-O, like the end.
5: Apollo, A-Polo. Anton, how do we feel about him? Well, Lo- love, I think, unless he was canceled for some reason, and then I hate him. But I, fe- I feel Are like... Are you a
1: big speed skating girly, Adam? It's like one of the only
5: things that I could watch in the Winter Olympics that doesn't make me want to rip my eyeballs out, though. What? It's what? like, what? listen it's first of all, summer Olympics are better than the winter Olympics. It's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah, I'm not she's from Van City. Of course. Yeah. Good, it, but... Yeah. Like I'm not even willing to entertain the Canadians. They're both like, lit. I, like, you can... I will watch them both for sure. But like, okay. In terms of winter Olympic sports, I will watch curling. I like curling. Curling is incredible. I oh. like I actually like watching curling. I have no problem because it's basically just like, I feel like curling hard. is probably fun to play, but it seems boring. It's no, so I feel anymore. like it'd be impossible Cur- to play once we you
4: understand how curling works. It's incredible. It's okay. if you don't understand, which I learned most of what I know about curling from Grace. So, uh, but Grace yeah, is a big
1: girl, uh, curling girly.
4: Yeah, we need
5: to go curling at some point. Even though know, we yeah, we've we've talked hard. about it on multiple. Boxes. But I like I like shuffleboard, so it's like the same rough idea. Great, I'll, I'll watch curling. So I will watch speed skating. Actually, I, I think skating? it's fun. It like no, see, I can't do figure skating because it doesn't make any sense to me. It's What's just right? like
4: it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's if, art. It's if, it's it, no, no. It's if fun. we were listen, if, on ice.
5: if we were doing figure skating for the purpose of just putting on a great show and just letting people have fun, great, fine, perfect. I would attend. It'd be so much fun. When, the and then after we're done with nice. the thing, we then are like seven like what what do? You, what does that mean what do you like what are we doing here if we're just here to put on a good show fantastic you not like gymnastics okay. no I, I mean it's like fine like it's fine i think gymnastics is fine but when we it's get really to the scoring element i mean
4: the scoring is often based on like the difficulty of the tricks displayed the what does artistry that mean? of the song i mean based on hey that like a triple that, axle that, that person like turns four times like instead of three times so okay. it's harder
5: if know. it looked cooler it should score more that's my that's my number one feeling. Whatever is the coolest thing it should anyway so we have curling we have speed skating um what else do I watch? I'll sometimes watch hockey I don't really I'm not like a big hockey guy as a Blackhawks fan life has been tough as of late um although it was like oh, no, we really was like, I mean, it was it like it. that is like, like the
4: worst team for you to be like yeah it's so hard to be a black hawks fan.
5: Recently, my city with, rioted uh,
4: because we lost to your team
5: adam um yeah you did. Um also it's been tough with Connor Bedard being uh injured. I think he like broke his jaw last week or a couple of weeks ago whatever. Um, okay, so that's three. I'm not I'm trying to think if I would even look like, it.
4: I was gonna say so there's cool. so much skiing that's incredible. What no, about like, the I... big ski jumps? Yeah, that no. one's so cool. Unless so it's yeah. the
5: red-headed guy. No boarding not... pipe. No. Maybe luge. Maybe like the occasional luge. luge if it's on. Bobsled?
1: What about skeleton? Skeleton? You're not yeah. you're not a frontward-facing luge person, only like with the back. No, I don't. I don't
4: even. What are, or like, what, are uh, you, like sexual
1: like, positions. What are we talking about right
5: now?
4: No, like no front backward
5: like, luge. Break. Like, what are we? Half pipe. Is that is oh, Sean okay. White's sport? No, snowboard, I, snowboard, I would. He, he see the redhead, and he, I think he's yeah, the yeah. I would. I would maybe watch him if it were on okay i'm now, just not a big winter olympics what whereas, about summer like, olympics what are the goal i goals? watch everything you watch summer. swimming i uh, everything swimming diving volleyball i love diving when they're like out there and they spend five billion years on okay how on the is platform, diving and then they just, cooler like,
4: than like because i can objectively by... it's literally the same i you can either go it. up no, no, and do the no, tricks no, or you no,
5: go down and do the tricks it's I can objectively. No, because I can objectively be like that's There's a little splash. splash. That's
4: a big splash.
5: That's that's the diving part. When someone, oh my god, when someone gets to the water and a huge splash comes up and I'm like sitting here with, you know, Cheetos on my couch being like, oh, you suck. Like that, I love that Adam, so much. You suck, even though
1: I- that is my
5: best that's like my shining moment right there. Someone makes a big splash in the dive. They are the biggest idiots to ever
4: exist. What about when they fall? When they're doing like Ski jumps and then they don't land. It, for, it's all about no, the landing, those right? People
5: are just land? stupid if they if they don't land properly, you're going to kill yourself out there. That's a terrible thing. Like you should not. I mean, they're
4: doing, doing hard tricks.
5: I, 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 you know. And then like we have just straight up running. Um, all the different you like running. The running. No, I I like the running. I I have no problem with. I'm more of a hurdles guy, but i really like when they run and they pass each other the friendship stick all the time, I, the time. I, I really love that where it's like one person's like runner, oh your turn and then he's like thank you and then they just keep going i think that's so funny that that is the system that we use to determine multi-leg running like whoever came up with that was like man what do we do? what do we do with all these it was a, some Greek guy i
1: assume back in the Olympics. Oh, probably um,
5: probably um, yeah how um, very beach volleyball is beach volleyball. i'll even watch like the indoor stuff i I mean, I'm a big like oh, Pokemon guy, so like, I, I,
1: will watch ping pong. I I had the luxury and privilege of going in Rio to some beach volleyball and. That'd be volleyball. awesome. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Um,
5: um but, so, but uh, so, I mean, just like pretty objectively, I it's don't ours. know that I've ever heard someone realistically say the Winter Olympics are better to watch than the Summer Olympics. I've like that's never even heard it right that. now. If
4: that's <laughs> yeah, I'm just
2: like, like I don't
5: know. That is
4: firmly my opinion. I watch so. much I think more she's the wrong, Winter but Olympics I, I, I validated
1: her saying it. I do agree mm. with Adam, but like, also, you know who?
4: Pe- which people confuse me?
1: The people who like watch the Olympics for baseball. I'm like, huh? I was
4: mm. about I was about to say the Summer Olympics have baseball, and that's the end of my argument. Like, done.
1: What skateboarding what? is
5: baseball so cool. sucks.
4: Baseball. What's wrong sucks? with baseball? I
5: love baseball. It's so boring. For an Olympics it's so boring. boring. <laughs> It's they have celebrating so celebrating. Baseball year round listen as someone who watches like upwards of 140 150 cubs games a year like we i, I can't be i can't be listening to this not i, merely, I attended I
4: one montreal expos game one time and i it's not even it the baseball. reason you go to not baseball not games even, is to talk not to even your
5: friends and eat food you're okay first of all if they're not attractive you're looking at the wrong team i uh, like i have so baseball many players Who's the most attractive baseball
1: player? out The most of right
5: attra- I mean, I'm just like a Cubs guy, but like Nico Horner is hot. Um, like Nico Warner. What Horner? Nico Horner. I'm just saying,
4: you're at like on average. Cody like, Bellinger, Swanson.
5: I would let Danzy
1: Swanson slap. Uh, never mind. Okay, we Was have you an them- intimate hug.
5: Give me really? a very
1: intimate hug. Um, <laughs> can I tell my Hermes story since we're off the rail? Yeah, please,
5: Absolutely. please tell like, your
4: Hermes but story. also, I love that this podcast started with Felipe being like, For all the children listening to this
5: podcast, <laughs> we told them to stop listening. I told him like 45 minutes ago, Tell your parents. Oh, I to told no, them to back in the
4: Doctor Who days to stop listening. Yeah, we had
5: this with Final Fantasy 2. I was like, If you're listening to Zed and I in
1: a podcast and you're like having a kid there, like, What are like, I mean? Okay, but. That's a choice.
3: <laughs> also, anyway, I her say her
1: this story. knowing that I talk about Phineas and Ferb, and we go off the rails on that one, and I don't know. But anyways, so we're going to go, not full bloom, maybe like a quarter bloom. Um, so in college, I took a classics class with this guy who was always talking about mushrooms. So I think he probably was on mushrooms for like half the classes at least. And it was it was for a writing credit, and I kind of was like very lost a lot of times because like, I would, it was one of those classes where you like study the textbook and that's how you do well, like, as opposed to like actually paying attention to what he was saying. Cause I was like, oh, these tests are just like kind of Quizlet stuff. But I remember one time I was like, kind of zoning out and he was like, yeah, Hermes was obviously a bisexual god because Hermes was uncircumcised and all the bisexuals are. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: huh.
4: Is, you heard it here first, folks.
1: So, yeah, I'm just repeating. I think this man's name was Carl. What's his name? I'm gonna see if I can find him. Carl, (laughs) um, Melissa, I think that we have found
5: Found rule number four. (laughs) (laughs) All bisexuals are uncircumcised. Is that what you're (laughs) (laughs) saying? We have found rule number four of this podcast. Oh my god, okay. We have to get out of here. We have to be done. <laughs> We're an hour and 40 minutes of this, this like 30 minute episode of Percy Jackson. Okay. Felipe, what a blast having you on Thank here. You so I don't know why so I'm doing great. this. so you're the hostess episode, please.
4: Rain, yeah, rain it's in. fine. I do <laughs> our system is all over the place Felipe you were one of the first people that like I knew you were a big Percy Jackson guy I was so excited to uh have you on I'm so happy that we were able to make this work despite us both uh all, like all three of us traveling a lot over the holidays so uh thank you so much for making this work with your schedule and for having course, us on. Thank you for what having have you got a me. plug where where can people find more Felipe
1: I'm on social media at with the fleep. I started a side Instagram for like comedy and podcasts. You can follow that at the Brazilian Dragon um, and uh, all other social media at with the fleep. Actually, I don't know what I am on TikTok, but TikTok is great. Um, So, uh, in terms of what I'm doing, the Brazilian Dragon podcast is the main feed. We talk about Shenanigans that I want to talk about, whether it be reality television, uh, 2000s, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network type stuff, Disney Channel original movies, High School Musical, the musical series, if you're nasty, like me and Lindy and Todd, we depraved ourselves of some joy with these final two seasons. They were not good. I'm sorry. Um, Disney Plus content has only gotten better with Percy Jackson. Um, And uh, I do have a one-off Percy Jackson podcast that I'm working on with a pretty cool guest that I'm excited about, but it's like tentative, so I don't want to like announce it and then it doesn't come to fruition. Um, but just like uh general chat about the series as a whole, um, probably talking spoilers there as well. But that's gonna come at the end of the series. Uh but uh otherwise just like follow me on Twitter, hang out with me in the Discord, Phineas and Ferb podcast, also what you doing. That's the second uh podcast I do. If any of you want to talk about Phineas and Furb anytime, feel free to holler. Um but yeah, uh, I'm just chilling out here. Talking Percy Jackson in the Discord, and having fun with my friends, Dr. Melly Dubs and Mr. Humphreazy.
4: Oh, <laughs> there we go. Okay, Mr. Humphreazy, what you got going on? Wow, I am Humphreazy. You I? can
5: find me at uh, Piano Man Adam One. Should I see, should I see if Humphreazy One is available? <laughs> um you can find me there uh <laughs> I'm sorry. you can also find me every single week over at one describe a podcast where uh tv lindy Todd, and i are talking through girls five ever we just started season two uh which is very exciting and then also over there we are talking uh previous little liars where every uh week twice a week actually we're going through pretty little liars episode by episode but we are only watching the previously on so that's all of us and marissa over there go check that out as well it's been a ton of fun in the poster recaps world One more week of Monarch Legacy of Monsters with Todd. That's been a ton of fun. Melissa, you and I and Kevin are coming back very, very soon with Doctor Who coverage, which is very exciting. And then Brooklyn Zed and I are uh, starting to wrap up Final Fantasy IX. So that's been a ton of fun over there. But of course, uh, we'll be back here next week. I'm super excited.
4: Yeah, uh I'm Melissa W28 or Melissa Woodward28 on social media, doing talking Doctor Who, playing Dungeons and Dragons over on twitch.tv slash DM Philly. We should be coming back soon. And otherwise, yeah, we will be back episode six. We take a zebra to Vegas. I'm so excited to continue covering this show. We are past the halfway mark and I'm sad about it, but it's been so great. Thank you so much, Felipe, and we will catch all of you next time. Bye. Ah.